You are listening to the Grace Covenant Cornelius Audio Podcast. This morning I want to talk with you about what we all have to deal with, um, I think to some degree. Sometimes it can be worse than other times, but because of the reality of, of life's challenges... One of the things I've discovered is that we can all become discouraged. I know as I was just reflecting back on my life, I have had to walk through seasons of discouragement. Maybe a day of discouragement. And even what I would say, for me personally, I've had seasons of discouragement. It's not that I don't love Jesus. It's not that I'm not in the Word. It's not that I don't believe God's able. But just the reality of life can, can bring discouragement um, to us. Uh, I was reading an author the other day, and he says, we live in a fallen world, and sometimes the world falls on us. Isn't that true? We process life with messed up, imperfect people, and sometimes they fail us, they disappoint us. We, We have expectations of others, and oftentimes those expectations are not met, and it can lead to discouragement, or we're believing that God's going to respond in this way, And God doesn't respond how we thought he was going to respond. And what ends up happening is is we can get discouraged. And if we're not careful, that place of discouragement can become a place of depression. If we choose to camp out there. Discouragement, discouragement is a reality. So, so how how do we deal with that? Let me really quick. Let's just do a survey. How many of you would say that in the past month, the past thirty days, you have had to, to some degree, deal with discouragement? Maybe it's something in the family, something in the work, something in your finances. But there was discouragement that came your way. How many of you would say in the past thirty days you've had to deal with discouragement? Yeah, a lot of hands, and that and it doesn't surprise me. Because again, that's the reality, reality of the world that we live in. And I think here's the challenge with discouragement. If it's not properly addressed, it can, it can deplete us, devastate us, and depress us. So when discouragement comes our way, we need a plan. We need a plan for how are we going to confront the discouragement. I appreciate the true story of a retired man who was sitting on his porch in rural Kentucky when his Social Security check was delivered. He got up off the porch, went to the mailbox, retrieved his check, and he thought to himself, is this all my life is going to be from this point forward? Just waiting for the next Social Security check to arrive. And the more he thought about it, the more discouraged he became, and it led to depression. Rather than getting stuck in the discouragement, this man chose to move to action. He took out a legal pad and he began to write down all the things he was grateful for. He began to write down his gifts, his talents, his abilities, even the small things. For example, he included the fact that he was the only one in the world who knew his mother's recipe for fried chicken in which she used 11 different herbs and spices. Wrote it down. Then he got up out of the chair on the front porch. He went down to the local restaurant and asked if he could have a job as a cook. Guess what he began to cook? He began to cook chicken with his mom's recipe. It was not long before it became the bestseller on the menu. Went to the top of the menu. Everybody wanted the fried chicken. This man then went out, started his own restaurant, had great success. Then he opened up a whole string of restaurants and eventually he sold the Kentucky Fried Chicken franchise to a national organization for millions of dollars and and then he became their public representative and continued in that role until his death but what i what i love about this story of of colonel sanders is that he he didn't sit around in his discouragement he, di- he didn't camp out in his discouragement he he 
He took action. He, he didn't like just become further depressed. Rather than allowing his situation to control him and determine his outlook on life, he, he chose to confront the situation. Therefore, he went from being discouraged to becoming a millionaire. Now, I can't promise that for you this morning. But this is what I can promise you. You don't have to camp out in discouragement. The discouragement doesn't have to be your traveling companion. It doesn't have to define your life. And the, rea- the reality of life is, is it has a way of throwing us curveballs. And the curveballs can overwhelm us and, and discourage us. And, and the curveballs, they come in a lot of different ways. I mean, it can look like this. You, you lose your job and you're having a hard time finding employment. You can get discouraged. It, it can look like this. Uh, you're, you're, you're a salesperson and you're trying to sell a product and sales are not going so well. Manager's putting on pressure. Every client you call on, they continue to say no, no, no. Well, you can get discouraged. Possibly there's the death of a loved one and as a result of the grief, you can find yourself caught in the trap of, of discouragement. Possibly there's someone you put trust in, you were depending on, and they didn't follow through. They failed you. It can leave you discouraged. There's a marriage that you were investing in, praying for, hoping for, and it didn't end the way you thought it would. You can find yourself discouraged. See, those are some of the realities of, the, of what I call the curveballs of life. You know, although discouragement is a reality, listen, it doesn't have to drain us or defeat us. Listen, although it comes your way, it doesn't have to be your traveling companion. Listen, your adversary, my adversary, wants to use discouragement to, um, to devour you. He wants to use discouragement to deter you. He wants to use discouragement to keep you trapped. Matter of fact, Peter... Peter says it like this. 1 Peter 5.8 says, Be self-controlled and alert. For the adversary, your devil, is prowling around like a roaring lion, seeking those whom he may devour. Can I tell you one of the ways that Satan devours you? It's through discouragement. I would, I would even be this bold this morning to say, discouragement is like one of the main weapons that the enemy uses against you. Discourage you. To bring you to a place that you're depressed, to bring you to a place that you're that, that you're immobilized. So, so let's talk about this for a minute. What happens in our lives when discouragement settles in? Like when when it becomes like we're camping out with it. What happens in our lives? I'm sorry? We're sad. So there's a sadness that comes. So there's a there's a loss of joy when when we're stuck in discouragement. We're not living full of life and full of joy. I would agree with that. Someone else. I'm sorry. Stress. Yeah, so it, it creates some stress in our life. It builds anxiety. Someone else. Poor decisions. Yeah, so when we're discouraged, we're not at our best, we're, we're not uh, thinking clearly. One of the things that I've often discovered when we're camping out in discouragement, we have pity parties, we have self-pity, we have a lot of navel-gazing going on. Now, I know you wouldn't do that, but your neighbor does, right? <laughs> it's true. And when that happens, we don't have proper perspective, and oftentimes we do just that. We make poor decisions. And then that creates more problems, right? 
Someone else. What, what, what happens when we camp out in discouragement? Oh, there's a great one. We give up. We quit. We lose hope. We feel like there's no future. And then the world feels like it's caving in on us. We quit. I heard someone else say something. We withdraw. When discouragement, so we isolate ourselves. Boy, that really helps, doesn't it? I think I'm just going to go hang out by myself and be miserable, right? Why, why would we do that? But that's what happens. When we camp out with discouragement, we isolate ourselves, we withdraw, and then we feel overwhelmed because we lose perspective because I don't have some godly people around me helping me with perspective. We, we, we isolate. And I think we could go on and on. I know as the pastor in my role, I talk with people every week. I talk with a number of people every week who find themselves not only discouraged, but oftentimes stuck, stuck in discouragement. And what I would want you to know this today is that discouragement is a reality, but it doesn't have to define your life. Listen, disappointments are inevitable, but discouragement is a choice. Let me say that again disappointments in life are inevitable. In other words, they're going to happen. But discouragement, living in discouragement, is a choice that you make. You don't have to stay there. You don't have to stay there. There's a better way. And this morning we want to look at this passage of Scripture in Psalm 42, where the author is feeling overwhelmed with discouragement. And in this scripture, I think he gives us some great strategy as to how we can confront discouragement when it comes when it comes our way. Now, we're not certain who wrote Psalm 42. Depends on who you read, they would give different individuals. But it's interesting that there was one scholar who said that David, King David wrote this psalm. And he actually would have penned this psalm when he's running for his life from his son Absalom. If you remember the history of Israel, David had a son, his name was Absalom, who won the hearts of the people, gathered an army, and actually tried to overthrow, take the throne from his father, David. And David's running for his life from his own son. Now, if David did write this, and again, we really don't know, but if David did write this, I mean, you know, if you're running for your life from your own son, that would be reason to be discouraged. So quite possibly... David did write this psalm. And again, in it, I think we find some help. Some help as to how we can deal with discouragement. So Psalm 42, let's begin with verse verse 3. My tears have been my food day and night. While men say to me all day long, where in the world is your God? These things I remember as I pour out my soul, how I used to go with the multitude, leading the procession to the house of God, with shouts of joy and thanksgiving among the festive throng. Notice verse 5. Why are you downcast, O my soul? Why so disturbed with me? Why are you so discouraged? Put your hope in God, for I will yet praise Him, my Savior and my God. My soul is downcast within me. Notice, therefore, I will remember you. God, I'm going to remember you. From the land of Jordan, the heights of Hermon, from Mount Mazar, deep calls to deep, and the roar of your waterfalls, all your waves and breakers have swept over me. 
By day the Lord directs His love. At night His song is with me. A prayer to the God of my life. I say to God, my rock, why have you forgotten me? Why must I go about mourning, oppressed by the enemy? My bones suffer mortal agony as my foes taunt me, saying to me all day long, where is your God? Verse 11, why are you downcast, O my soul? Why so disturbed within me? Put your hope in God, for I will yet praise Him, my Savior and my God. Well, the author of this psalm is obviously having a terrible, horrible, no good, very bad day. And as a result of his circumstances, discouragement has, has led him to, de- to, to depression. Again, we don't know all the details of the situation, but what we do know just from what we've read, that the author of this psalm is emotionally and mentally in a difficult place. In the midst of this, I believe, again, there's a strategy for us as to how we can confront discouragement. Because again, listen, discouragement doesn't have to be your traveling companion. In other words, you don't have to camp out in discouragement. But we need a strategy. Now, I'm never one much to give you a formula and that if you do this, this, and this, then God's going to do this. But this morning, I'm going to give you a formula really quick. I'm going to tell you five things, five, and I've tried to say them in a really simple way, so hopefully they'll stick in your mind, or maybe it's something you want to write on the inside flap of your Bible, because again, this is what I know, discouragement comes, even to you. Maybe this is something you want to stick on the refrigerator. I have, I have some acronyms stuck on my printer at home. So like every day I'm looking at these little things just to remind me of, of truths that I need to hang on to. There are five things. How do, we, how do we confront discouragement when it comes our way? First is this. We want to look within. Look within. Psalm 42, verse 5. The first part of verse 5 reads like this. Why are you downcast, O my soul? Why so disturbed within me? So the psalmist here is first assessing his own situation as to the why. Why am I discouraged? What is, what is the source of my discouragement? What is the problem? And I would encourage you, again, you don't want to camp out here. You don't want to have a, a pity party. But I would encourage you to, as discouragement comes, to look within and say, what's, what's the problem? What's the source of the problem? What's the, what's the root of the problem? Is it my problem? Is it someone else's problem? Is it something I can deal with? Is, is it something that's outside of my control? But look, look within. I know several months ago I, I came to a season of discouragement in my own life. And the problem for the discouragement was someone I had trusted in, depended on, had not followed through. Um, they had let me down. And it, it, was, a, an, it was a situation where I was, I was injured internally. I was wounded at the heart level as a result of the trust I had. And and so I'm in this place of discouragement. And as I began to look within, let me tell you what I discovered. This is what I discovered in my own life. As I began to look within, what I discovered is I was putting too much trust in an individual and not enough trust in God. Not that we shouldn't trust in people. I, I, you know, I have leaders around me. I have folks that I look to and lean on, people I trust in. But you can come to a place that you put too much trust in people to the point that your trust in people is greater than your trust in God. See, I only discovered that in my own life when I begin to look, when I begin to look within. So before you can deal with your despair, you need to know what's causing it. So identify the source of your discouragement. So 
So when discouragement comes your way, what's the first thing we're going to do? Let's say it together. We're going to look within, right? Here's the second thing we want to do. After we look within, we want to look up. If you look to the second part, the latter part of verse 5, Psalm 42, 5, the psalmist wrote, put your hope in God, for I will yet praise him, my Savior and my God. So when, when discouragement comes your way, what you don't want to do is get so caught up in the problem that's causing the discouragement that you, that you lose sight of God. Listen, in the midst of your discouragement, you have to choose to take your focus off the problem and put your focus on God. You have to look up. We're going to look up. I I think everyone obviously is aware of what happened with with Hurricane Harvey and the devastation that came for for the folks in Texas. I have a a pastor for, and actually this takes me way back when I was a teenager going to camp, in Buffalo Gap, Texas, I met this pastor. His name's Pastor John, Pastor John and Patty Elliott. They pastor a church, a four-square church in Hitchcock, Texas, uh, which was affected by the storm. And so I was kind of interacting, connecting with Pastor John, trying to figure out what was happening for he and his family. And he posted a little video, and, and I want to share this video with you, 90-second video, and it's, it's really rough because it's Pastor John actually just holding an iPhone, uh, and, he's, and he sent this out to his congregation, so it's to the church that he's pastoring concerning the present reality of the storm and the damage that came as a result of the storm. And I w- what I want you to listen to and catch is how he challenges his congregation to respond So let's watch this video. Greetings in the name of Jesus. I really, my heart goes out to everybody that's uh, suffering out there. Uh, Seems like everywhere I've gone, there's been devastation everywhere. Uh, Just came back from a shelter and people piled up in there and uh, just uh, unbelievable. And I'm sure every one of you have your story to tell and I've got mine. Uh, For some of you that have been asking, Patty and I had a couple of feet of water in our house. Uh, the camp has been hit pretty hard. The church has been hit. We're going to have to just roll up our sleeves and do the best we can to just kind of dig this out together. And so I, I reach out to you and say, man, uh, this too will pass. We will climb this mountain and it will become our victory. And just to keep our eyes above and uh, know that, uh, that God is able to take us uh, through the valley and come out on the other side. So bless you guys, and uh, I just hoped and pray that you're all doing good. If any way you can let us know what's going on, please do. We'll do the best we can to get out to you. Uh, this Wednesday night, we're going to go ahead and say no. Um, I think everyone's just digging their lives out, and there's just no way to get together this Wednesday night. But we will meet again next Sunday, and uh, hopefully we'll see some sunshine on that day. So bless you, and uh, look forward to seeing you all. Bye-bye. Catch the line where he says, let's keep our eyes above. The God's, our God's going to turn this, this valley into a place of, of victory. And see, I think, that's, I think that's a challenge for all of us. That when discouraging times come, what do we want to do? We want to look up. Because this is one of the things I've, I've come to discover. If you focus on the adversity that's creating the discouragement then actually what happens is, is you magnify that. You make that situation bigger than it really is. Then what happens? Discouragement sets in. 
Or we can set our focus on the God who can bring hope and help. And we can magnify Him in the situation. I'm not telling you that the problem's going to immediately go away, but I'm telling you what you will have is a different perspective in the midst of the problem. Well, we're gonna we're gonna look up. You know, Psalm 121 verses one and two says this: I lift up my eyes to the hills. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the Maker of heaven and earth. So when discouragement comes, we're gonna look within. Same thing we're gonna do is we're gonna look up. Here's the third step I think we need to take is we need to look in. We need to look into God's Word. In God's Word, the Bible, it's life-giving. It gives us help and hope and insight and understanding. It, it reveals God's love for us, His plans for us, His commitments to us. It can guide us. It can help us. It can encourage us. But how many of you know it doesn't work unless you get into it, right? You know, having a Bible... Sitting on your coffee table, closed, it's not gonna. It's not gonna help. I grew. I grew up in a home. Obviously, my dad, being a pastor, was a faith-based, Bible-believing, praying home, and we had this mega. I, I can see it today. We had this mega white Bible, the family Bible, and it sat on the coffee table, and it had all kinds of important documents in it because that's like where we put things, right? We had other Bibles that we read, but we never read that Bible. It just sat on the coffee table. It was there making a statement as to what we believed and kind of the, the focus of our home, but we didn't open it. For some of you, maybe there's a Bible on the coffee table, or there's a Bible on your desk, or there's a Bible on the bookshelf. And, and I, I just encourage you... When, when discouraging times come, what do you need to do? You need to anchor yourself to the truth of God's Word. Because it's God's Word that gives us perspective. It's God's Word that can encourage us, that can energize us, that can speak life to us. It's God's Word for me that's like pulling up to the to the gas tank, to the to the gas station to fill up my tank. Listen, that's why I'm in the Word every morning. This morning, four o'clock, I was in the Word. Why? I got to go to the filling station to get filled up because I have challenges in my life and I have adversities just like you do. So what do I do every day? I fill myself with the Word. What does it do? It brings help and hope and perspective, and it reminds me that God's in control and He loves me outrageously. That's what God. God's Word does. That's why it's so important when discouragement comes. Man, that we're, that we're looking into God's Word. Warren Worsby, great commentator, wrote these words. He says, the remedy for discouragement is the Word of God. When you feed your heart and mind with its truth, you regain your perspective and you find renewed strength. Regain perspective, renewed strength. Where? In the Word. Not only do we want to look into God's Word... We also want to look back. Look back. Psalm 42, verse 6, if you still have your Bibles open. Notice what the psalmist wrote. It says, My soul is downcast within me, therefore I will remember. I will remember. I'll remember the greatness of God. I'll remember what God has done. I'll remember His faithfulness. You know, one of the things that happens for us and this is pretty common for all of us. When adversity comes, we quickly forget what God did yesterday. 
When adversity comes, when hardships come, when discouragement settles in, we have like this memory lapse. It's like we forget. We forget what God did last week, last month. We get so overwhelmed with the present reality of what we're dealing with. It's like we, we just lose sight of what God's done in the past. Now, you don't want to camp out in the past, but can I tell you, it's really helpful just to recall, when you come to a discouraging time, just remember what God's done in the past. And allow what He's done in the past to bring encouragement for you in the present. If you have your Bibles, look with me to Psalm 77. From 42, let's turn a few chapters to Psalm 77. This is a great passage of Scripture. Again, in this passage, the psalmist is is dealing with discouragement. He's asking all kinds of questions. Psalms 77, beginning with verse 7. Listen as I read. Will the Lord reject forever? Will He never show His favor again? Has His unfailing love vanished forever? Has His promise failed for all time? You ever ask God those kind of questions? Verse 9, has He forgotten to be merciful? Has He... Has he in anger withheld his compassion? Then I thought, to this I will appeal, the years of the right hand of the Most High. Verse 11, I will remember the deeds of the Lord. Yes, I will remember your miracles of long ago. I will meditate on all your works and consider all your mighty deeds. Now here's the psalmist in this chapter, again, dealing with discouragement, dealing with challenges, dealing with, like, God, where are you at? In the midst of it, notice what he says in verse 11. I'm I'm going to remember. I'm going to remember the deeds of the past, what God has done. Allowing that to bring encouragement in the present. So so we want to look back. Lastly, we want to look ahead. We want to look back and we want to look ahead. You look back to verse 8, Psalm 42, verse 8. The psalmist wrote, by day the Lord directs his love. At night his song is with me. A prayer to the God of my life. So not only is God with you, but he has great plans for you. I would just tell you this. Man, there's there's better days ahead. Turn to your neighbor and encourage him this morning. Maybe they're in a discouraging place. Tell them this morning. Hey, there's neighbor, there's better days ahead. Go ahead and tell them. But we're looking ahead. We're looking ahead to the future that God has for us. In Philippians 1.6, Paul wrote these words. That God, the God who began a good work in you will bring it to completion. In other words, what God started, He's committed to bringing to fulfillment in your life. And then Jeremiah 29.11 God speaking to the prophet Jeremiah says, I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you, not to harm you, plans to give you, get this, a hope and a future. So don't allow your present reality to cause you to lose sight of not only the goodness of God, but the greatness of God and the greatness of His plans for your life. So we're looking ahead. Your present reality may not be good. It may be causing you discouragement. But you have to know. You have to know that better days are ahead. Listen, God is good and He's working for your good. Tell your neighbor that this morning. Tell him, go ahead and tell him. God is good. Go ahead and tell him. God is good. Here's the second part. And He's working for your good. God is good. And He's working 
for your good. Well, we're looking ahead. Today may not be the happiest day. Today may not be the best place to be. But this is what I know. God has a better tomorrow. That God is good and he's working for my good. He's working for your good. So we're looking ahead. So when discouragement comes, and I don't want to be a prophet of doom or despair, but it will. So it's reality. When discouragement comes, what are we going to do with it? How are we going to confront it? I think there's, a, again, a bit of a formula here, if you will, as to how we can confront discouragement when it comes our way. Five points of action. I want you to say these with me as we conclude. Say these with me. Let's go just right down the list. First, we're going to look within. Then we're going to look up. We're going to look in. We're going to look back. And then we're going to look ahead. This is what I... That's what I guarantee you this morning, if you consistently put this to practice, when discouragement comes, it doesn't have to be like your traveling companion. It doesn't have to be the place where you camp out. It doesn't have to lead you to a place of depression. You can look up to the God who brings help and hope in the midst of the situation. Would you stand with me this morning? Lord, I thank you today. For the truth of your word, Lord, for how your word brings perspective and help and life for us. Lord, I I pray that that we would be willing to take these principles, these truths, as simple as they are, and like build them into our lives. Because, Lord, what I believe is it works. Again, Discouragement doesn't have to be like the defining statement of our lives. Lord, we look to you this morning. So Holy Spirit, help us not just to hear this this morning, but really to build this into how we process life. And I pray that for everyone here this morning. Because we all have to some degree at some time deal with discouragement. Help us, Holy Spirit. With every head bowed and eye closed, possibly you're here today. And you would say, today you're in a discouraging place. And for some of you, you would even be honest enough to say, I've been camping out here for a while. You're in a discouraging place. Maybe it's what someone else did. Maybe it's things... That's been outside of your control, but you're in a dis- you, you came here today discouraged. I, I just want to pray for you. I mean, we've been talking about it, so why not pray about it? If you're if that's you, just raise your hand really quick. Lord, I pray this morning for my friends who have their hands lifted. God, you know exactly where they're at this morning. God, you know what it is in their lives that they're processing through. God, in the midst of that. God, I pray for your encouragement. I pray for your peace, your power, your provision to be manifested in their situation. Lord, I pray that they would be able to, Lord, to look up to you. Lord, that they would be able to take the very things we talked about today and put them to work in their lives. And God, what I, what I thank you for today is what I, and what, what I know is, God, you're, you're moving them. You're taking them to a better place, a better season. So Lord, I pray that in the midst of, 
in the midst of that place that they're at. God, may you encourage them this morning. And Lord, may they pack up the camp. Like We're not camping here anymore. May they pack up the camp and Lord, move forward from that place to the future you have for them. Lord, I pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. For more information on Grace Covenant Church, our service times, ministry opportunities, directions, and more, visit us at gracecovenant.org.